five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, and we're going to be talking about direct marketing today. And uh, starting off with Tom Fishburne. Let's let's hit that button there. Marketing handoff to sales. Ready for the handoff? I'm pretty sure some of these marketing leads are qualified, and these are the like marathon batons running or or uh, a relay race batons. There you go. And so uh, apparently there was a legendary movie called Glen Gary Glen Ross, and uh, they're looking for the legendary golden Glen Gary leads, whatever that means. Anyway, here's a link to the IMDb. You, Sounds like something if you're into marketing, you can watch it when your wife's out of, t- out of town. <laughs> I watch super weird stuff when, you know, that she would never be interested in, like the green wall in the sub-Sahara uh, they're building, which is really, really cool, I think, but not that interested in it. <coughs> okay, so in B2B marketing, we have much better tools now to nurture and qualify leads. Not just to overall fit, but more importantly, the context of whether people are actually in the market to buy. That's the real puzzle, right? That's the real puzzle. And Tom touches on some really important stuff here. In 2021, Professor John Dawes of Ehrenberg Ehrenberg Bass revealed the 95.5% or 95 to 5 rule. Only 5% of potential B2B buyers are actually in the market to buy at any one time. And, you know, it's not that different in consumer. Most people, if your ad is broadly untargeted, are not interested in your product under any circumstances, at any price. Now, if you're selling Kit Kat bars or Doritos or something, and somebody says, would you like one? I'd say, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, or free orange juice with breakfast. Okay, then I'll take some free orange juice. I may not drink it, but I'd take it, right? So Peter Weinberg and John Lombardo from LinkedIn's B2B Institute commissioned Dawes's research and uh, shared this insight. 95% of the buyers you reach are out of the market and won't buy for months or even years or ever. And contrary to popular belief, you cannot persuade the buyer to go in market because they already have what you're selling and won't need a newer version anytime soon. You know, and I keep trying to emphasize this, that oftentimes need, personal need or business need is driven by context, right? If you've already bought the item, you're not that interested, right? If... uh, (laughs) Sometimes I use the check engine light, but on the way home from church yesterday, my my cruise control quit working. And I thought, oh, this darn car, it's got so many electronics, and now it's not working. And no matter what I did, I could not, it said that the cruise, you know, the little light was on, but it said the cruise was not working. And I thought, I got to get rid of this car. I got to get a new car, <laughs> or at least a different car. <laughs> I've had it with this car, and I was so upset. And then I had a you know, I'd just been to church, so I thought, well, maybe this is God trying to teach me patience or something. And so I started thanking God for the <laughs> cruise control not working and that I was just going to have to learn to drive without the cruise control, which I use like 80% of the time. There's even a 35-mile-an-hour area by my house. No, 25. And I, I actually set the cruise control at like 34 
miles an hour just to get through there without getting a ticket. Everybody in my family has just about gotten a ticket in there. So I use the cruise control a lot. And uh, it keeps me from speeding because this car is a V8. It loves to go fast. Anyway, but I noticed the car was kind of revving up. You know, the RPMs were high. I looked at the tachometer. It was like almost 4,000. And I'm thinking, what is going on? I looked down at the at the shifter console and it's in the lower gear and so it's revving like crazy i think oh yeah i better do you know put it back in the regular normal drive and it downshifts and now we're cruising along and i try the cruise again it worked fine so apparently they don't want you to cruise control in a lower gear so but the point is i wasn't in the market for a car and all of a sudden suddenly i was in the market for a car You're not going to know that. You're not going to get that, right? You're not going to you're not going to anticipate that. So now the article goes on and this is where it gets really good. Okay, the 955 rule flips the script often prioritized in B2B marketing, uh, which can waste efforts trying to convince out of the market buyers to buy and be really irritating if they keep pounding on you, which they do. Marketers don't move in m- marketers Don't move buyers in market. Buyers move themselves in market based on their needs. All of a sudden, I needed a car. Well, I decided I didn't. I talked myself out of it. But but that's how your head works, okay? That's how soon you can be in the market for a car. And you weren't before. Not even close. Okay? Here it comes. This This is really, really important. Effective marketing increases future sales in buying situations buying situations how by increasing the probability that the brand comes to mind when the market when the buyer goes in market the time for marketing is not after i decide to go buy a car the time for marketing is decide is to market to me before i have that exact need in a gentle way, in a memorable way, or an entertaining way, or some way that gets my attention and gets in my head, right? Simply put, the brand, here it comes, the brand that gets remembered is the brand that gets bought. You know, I wrote some copy for a flyer, and I said, get into your customer's head before the crisis, before they go to Google. You don't want to if if you if you're trying to catch people after they go to Google, you're already in trouble because you're fighting with 40 other competitors. And that's what we tried to say in the flyer. Use direct mail to get in their heads before they have the crisis because we're selling something that helps them in crisis. Okay, so and uh, you can't push buyers here this is really great you can't push buyers down a funnel but you can catch them as they fall according to uh professor jenny romaniak and uh so tom was in the czech republic i wondered why you were derelict and posting a new a new cartoon last week i looked over and over all through the week to see if you'd put anything up no okay understanding category entry points keeps helps keep our eye on where to place our marketing efforts on helping ensure our brands will be thought of 
when people are actually ready to buy. And this is why salience is so important. It's a Ritson thing. And uh, why you why you want you want to market more broadly than just try to hit the five percent that are in the market right now. This can also lead to a better handoff with sales. And here's a few related cartoons. None shall access the content you clicked on without first filling in our lead generation form. <laughs> here's the customer map. You are here. Consideration. Actually, I'm just looking for the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I know you're busy. Can we talk on Tuesday? I hope your family's healthy. I've been trying to con contact you. I have. I noticed you haven't responded. Delete, 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 delete. If you don't like these emails, just click here and you'll finally leave me alone. Ha! No, that just confirms your email address is valid. I get those all day long. Okay. And, you know, people complain about the postal service and the rates going up all the time. I just wanted you to see one category, CPNM on cookie-less ad inventory. And there's reasons for this. And they said, well, we were so dirt cheap a year ago. But here's what it says. Prices on cookie-less ads have increased 40% year over year. 40%. Okay, that's makes the that's like the last couple decades of postal increases. Okay, um, and uh, they were 14% less expensive than cookie ads, and now they're only two and a half percent less expensive than cookie ads. But anyway, you can you can go down to you can go down to uh, WDMA.org, and you can subscribe for free, and then you get in the member area, and every day we post the show, the show notes. I also wanted to put in a plug for the podcast. I brutally edit these videos if I go over 20 minutes, so they're almost never more than 20 minutes exactly, which means if you listen to them on double speed, you can hear them in 10, which was the original name of the show, 10 at 10, but now it's about 20 at 10. <laughs> Okay, and here's something from Mike Gunderson. Uh, why is direct marketing successful? Okay, uh, and uh, so let's get into that. I promised myself I'd just give it a go without much comment. Okay, the key takeaways, target the right audience. This is what you're able to do in direct marketing. Target the right audience, personalize marketing communications, engage with current and past customers, track campaign results for optimization. Okay, and there's a link to their podcast, uh, which they have, okay? My link is, hmm, where is my link to my podcast? It's over on WDMA. The most recent shows come up uh, on the side and on the bottom, too, I think. Um, it used to show all of them, but it was taking so long to load because there's like a 1,000 of them out there. But I've edited them down and taken out a lot of the, a lot of the uh, digression, okay? So... Generating top-of-funnel leads is the lifeblood of many businesses. Top-of-funnel means the very first attraction where they raise their hand or they're not allowed to download your content without doing something first, like subscribing to WDMA. Um, and so Mike starts out with direct marketing is an effective lead generation tool, okay, that has many advantages. And here are some of them. Targeting. He says, first of all, what they do is extensive research, deciding who they're really after. And hopefully they're focusing somewhat on those 5%. But you can't focus too much because they're already in the buying process down the funnel. So you might want to get do brand advertising at the top, right? But direct marketing can help you with that. 
Um, they also try to weed out the demographics, psychographics, behaviors, and, geo and geographies that don't apply to, the, to a business. Makes total sense, right? If you only service the Chicago Metro, you don't want leads coming in from New York or even Singapore, right? Just don't want them. And uh, if you're not careful on a lot of internet media, you'll get that. You'll get you'll get more leads in the middle of the night in America than than you expected. That means you haven't tightened your geography enough. Just a little tip. Direct marketing helps a brand stand out from the pack with a solution to a problem that applies to a particular group, greatly increasing the likelihood of a purchase or sale, right? Which is ultimately what you're really after. Okay, personal approach, one of the large, one of the few methodologies that can use personalization. Do you think about that? You know, you realize that if you do a Facebook ad or a LinkedIn ad, you know, you can you can target a group to some extent. You know, you can do a search and you can find people who are in the USPS and in sales, maybe, kind of. And uh, but you really can't say too much to them about their situation. I had a couple of posts over the weekend. I'm trying to do a post on Saturdays, just a fun post. And I uh, got about 3,000 views on the whole, well, 2,000, yeah, over 2,000 on uh, what I posted, which is really, it was, which is really good for me. Okay, so direct marketing, and by direct marketing, I th I'm not sure that Mike doesn't mean mostly direct mail. I'm not sure. <coughs> We'll talk about direct marketing when we finish, if I have any time left over. Okay, but he says direct marketing uses personalization, uh, customizing information that resonates with a recipient. It was a fairly short article. I would have loved to have had a, a good example here of Mike, of what you do uh, with, you know, how you identify the target. You know, just each of these steps would be great. Maybe that's your next article. I hope that inspires you. Uh, direct marketing is a great way to engage with current customers and even past customers. And just FYI, except if you're in a continuity program like life insurance, where you have to pay every month, all your customers in a typical direct mail, lands end, whatever you want, are past customers. They may come back. They may be defined as current customers because they're, they have bought within the last 12 months, but they're all in the past. And you have to re-engage and re-win them. So uh, direct, direct mail certainly is, is probably the best way to engage with current customers um, because it, it gets to a decision maker. They have to make a decision and it will reaffirm your brand and that you care by sending something valuable to them. Okay, uh, many businesses collect information on their new and active customers. This data collection is valuable and can be used for a variety of direct marketing efforts. In other words, you may know this, like for Cabela's, Dave Bear. For the Cabela's, we found out that the, the people that bought fishing didn't necessarily buy hunting and vice versa, or they didn't necessarily buy a lot. And so what they buy and when they buy can tell you the season that they're interested in and market more deeply into the ones that are interested in that season with some machine learning and analysis, you can market more deeply. So you can market to five-year-old customers that bought, if they spent a little bit or they bought a couple times, that bought in fishing but haven't bought in five years. But you don't want to market to the hunting people who maybe even just bought three months ago. We made that big shift for Cabela's, made them a lot of money. Okay, um, 
Result tracking. Manage the efforts of your direct marketing efforts. Managing the results is understanding what's working and what's not, and especially what's not. And that's a good illustration right there. Cabela's, the season, how the, the data we collected of the product type and the season combined give you an idea of when to market to someone. Offers are a great way to get recipients to respond. You know, you should always have an offer. And maybe that's the idea is uh, the general definition, accepted definition is that direct marketing is generating a measurable response. So th this is maybe what Mike is thinking. And you can use tracking codes or you can use matchback analysis to track your results. But then the article ends. And, and I was in an ad agency at a real general ad agency for a couple of years. And they said, well, we do, we generate response. We track, you know, whether it was a big response or a little response. We measure expectations and results. Why is what we do different? And I tried to explain to them that what we do is set up field valid experimentation testing. And so in the notes down here is a link to my article uh, or my a video on LinkedIn. And I will also post it in the show notes. And you can hear what I thought direct marketing was about and why it was so successful. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. And I hope they'll appreciate you're pestering. Uh, also comment. I would love to hear what you think direct marketing is.